gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Excuse me, Mrs. Brinks? Yes, Nanette? Are you waiting to receive my limp podcast? I feel like I've dropped a uh, notch in the food chain. You've dropped the yeah. ball. Uh, I dropped a notch in the food chain here because Dante has taken over my actual seat to the point where I had to bring a chair from outside in so I can also sit. So now my good comfortable chair, Dante is constantly using as a scratching post right as we speak and just sits in it comfortably and watches me game. So, and I've got this fucking shitty cheapest chips $2 fucking swivel chair, which is fine, I guess. Anything the question to the comfort. Is, do you have the financial backing to let him use it as a scratching post? Uh, I got the chair for free. The one he's currently scratching the shit out of? The one he's scratching, both the chairs, actually. <laughs> the one he's scratching the shit out of, which is one of those epic gamer chairs with Oof. the fucking, the speed holes in the back of the neck and the fucking liftable arms. Uh, not gonna and lie, like, I have no fucking idea why there are speed holes in the back of the chair. I don't know either. I think it's meant to resemble. I think I think it's meant to like resemble a racing chair. Yeah, but why is the stationary chair aerodynamic? I don't know, dude. I why are chairs? Why are they making chairs aerodynamic when they're inside the car? Our feet chairs. I don't know. What do you mean our feet chairs? No, chairs are chairs. Feet are feet. Why do feet smell but nose run? context question. That's great. All right, so occasionally we talk about games on this podcast. I was, not I was literally Twitter. just about to do an introduction and you fucking ruined it. I did. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Anyway, welcome to SV Cheats 1, a podcast about gaming and gaming-related symptoms. I am your host, currently under attack by my cat, Dante, Chris, and with me I have... Your host who does not have a fucking cat to attack him, Alex. See, I'm Jaden. My door's jammed, so my dogs can't get into my room. Yeah, but if I do that, Dante just sits outside my door and meows. So as as long as I... This is how I've beaten him, to a degree. Sorry? I've had to drop... You've given him what you want. What he wants. I've, I've, I've had to drop a notch on the food chain to beat him. You didn't beat him, you, you did, lost. He beat him. you. you no, no, no. What but what I want was achieved by dropping a notch on that food chain. Yeah, so you compromised. Yes. By losing. So if I give him the chair, he will stop meowing. And he will just sit on the chair and be a normal fucking kitty. You know, until but he, he says, loves it. No, you know what, I want your chair instead. No, he hates this chair. Oh, okay. He absolutely hates it because with my epic gamer chair... It's got like a nice sort of like comfortable hugging seat on the bottom and Dante fucking loves that. But this, this fucking swivel chair is literally like a bit of your grandma's fabric as a seat on top of plastic on top of like the swivel part. But yes, fucking I've, I've come to accept this. This is just what I do now. I, I, I live here and when Dante gets off the chair then it's my turn but until then it's his chair so he can shut the fuck up 
Anywho, how have your weeks been? Jaden, what tell me about your week? Have a fucking guess. Did you know Monster Hunter got an update today? What kind of update? Uh, added in a new region into the endgame content and added in the Rajang, which is a hyper-aggressive gorilla that shoots lasers out of its mouth. I fought See, it for about 30 seconds, left, and went back to what I was doing. See, I can understand, like, is it an actual laser? Yes. Yes. Well, it's more like a, an electric energy beam. Still. It looks monsters like a produce, Monsters producing electricity seems a bit far-fetched to me. Well, actually, like, it's, it's a giant gorilla, so, you know, like a great ape. That turns Super Saiyan golden and shoots Kamehameha's. Yeah, I, I, I certainly know. <laughs> I certainly know about the monster you are talking about, but I feel that is a bit unrealistic. I'm not going to in a game about it. Can... <laughs> in well, a game about is, hunting monsters, Monster Hunter was never realistic there was this pseudoscience to bullshit their way through it but they, they yeah, was never they realistic. try and tie it in with reality which is like nice it's like hey look ecosystem but then it's like they go with the whole gaia aspect of like hey these these monsters go and die and provide energy for the rest of the ecosystem yeah, well, they've got shit like bio in the real world we call that fertilizer we don't understand how this works at all that's why uh you know these monsters can control storms fuck yeah like having anything that can control the weather i feel is is means of a super villain like that is being able to control the weather how can you not be a super villain with that like there is more beneficial using its destructive nature rather than letting it rain every now and then unless you unless you have this you just make the weather convenient for you directly around you yeah but if you don't want to get rained on there's just no rain in the one foot surrounding you all right so are we talking about like hey look you can control the weather like directly around you or or you control the weather in general because you just like See, I don't think people would generally be malevolent with it, though some people would. I think people would just use it as a convenience. Oh, I need to go out and it's raining. Better change that. Dude, I love it when it's raining, though. Like, I would make it rain, but if it's just raining around me, that would suck. It would suck so much that I would turn a bad guy and use it against people. Dude, could you imagine? It's like, ah, so what do you do as... You're a bad guy, right? So what's your powers? I control the weather. Okay, and what do you do with it? I just irritate people. If I make it. I make me, it. I make it, make it. Make it rain exclusively on them for the next twenty-four hours. Outdoors, indoors, whatever. They're just getting. I make it on. a slight inconvenience for someone until they're driven to the point of suicide. That is it. But this is a long process over years. So My this monster is. Plan. I am pretty sure this monster in Monster Hunter is a previously existing one, yes? Yes, yes. the Rajang was in a previous... In yeah, because I, I certainly remember something along the same lines of like a Super Saiyan gorilla in, I think, Monster Hunter 3 or Monster Hunter 4. One of the two. But yes, yeah. uh, 
is so that's it for well that's all that monster hunters brought out in this latest patch uh yeah that and a bit and of that and the resident oh, and evil the collaboration resident evil event collab i forgot about that because i haven't done it yet is that coming out or is it's that out now? it's right now i've already done it so what do you have to do in that event you Basically, fight a um you fight an elder dragon that goes by the name of uh oh, black God. veil valhazak and the whole fight is given a new uh, unique mechanic in where uh, Valhazak's poison gas, uh, instead of cutting your HP in half, will just straight up turn you into a zombie. What happens when you're a zombie? Okay, so when you're a zombie, and this, this is actually kind of the interesting part, um, you get uh, certain buffs and debuffs. So uh, when you're a zombie, the buffs you get is uh, you become unstaggerable. So you mm -hmm. can't you can't be knocked over, you can't be staggered, you can't be knocked up, you can't be any of that. You just your feet planted firmly on the ground. Uh, you can't dodge. So there's there's one of the debuffs. Uh, if there is effluvia in the area, you receive a massive um, health regeneration buff. Effluvia is the poison that tends to be around the place that normally hurts you. Yeah. Okay. So if there's that is present, so the more prevalent that is in the area, the more. Um, uh, the greater the healing you receive will be. Hmm. Yeah, and that's... Uh, yeah, so that's m the main perks of, like, what happens when you transform into a zombie. So, and you got to find... They've also included green herbs and red herbs that are, yeah. that are around the place. <laughs> you consume a green herb to, um, to cure your zombification, and you can mix green and red herbs together to make uh, red and green herbs. And I think red herbs uh, give you a damage buff. Okay. So I'm guessing red and green herbs give you like a, a health buff and a damage buff together. Yeah. So uh, consuming a green herb to cure zombification will cure the zombification and give you a small boost in HP. Right. Yeah. Now this is a uh, Iceborne exclusive thing, not for the main game, yeah? Yeah. Yes. Because it uses that an was. Iceborne exclusive Elder Dragon as its thing. Oh man, because I, I haven't bought the uh, expansion pack to Monster Hunter World and I don't think I ever will we haven't even talked about the rewards you get from it yet that's just the fight well, well what 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 do pray tell what a war what war pray tell what we get alright so what you get is you get two uh, full armor costumes of both Leon and Claire uh, they're not gender specific so you can be a female character and get Leon you can be a male character and get Claire doesn't matter nice um, I think there's also what else was it? there was something for the palico, I believe. Hey, let me just let me just pull up the patch notes so we can see what exactly what's in it. Because uh, once once we do that, we can stop. Um, Flounder. All right, yeah. Uh, themed pendant. You get uh, Raccoon City themed pendants that you can put on your weapon. Uh, full nice. armor sets based on Leon Kennedy mm. and Claire Redfield. So that's that's all you get. What about the handler? Uh, oh yeah, the handler is Mr. X. Yeah. Because I've seen some fucking weird ass videos of the handler's Mr. X, but the handler is stu still doing her feminine animations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you see Mr. X be like, like marvel at the food he's just cooked. Like, oh goody, oh my gosh, how br brilliant and how delicious does this look? So you see his big ass fucking tyrant, like a <laughs> biological weapon, like, what essentially you know that fucking anime face with the blushing and the weed eyes is essentially that on top of a fucking tyrant model as as he hands fucking leon and or claire 
their uh, plate of food. Their plate of food. And proceeds to gush over it as they eat it with gusto That's and enthusiasm. That's not what we programmed tyrants to do. It has, again, it has come over its programming to come into its new passion, a love for cooking. It wants love to be a chef a, and you can't stop it. A sexual attraction to cooking. Like, do you honestly believe that Gordon Ramsay would, uh, would yell at the tyrant? Fucking an eight foot tall behemoth. He does it all the time. But not what? like the tyrant tyrant. But like the tyrant yeah. can't talk back. Yeah. So like it would literally be Gordon Ramsay arguing at a brick wall, which he does perfectly fine all the time. Well, there you have it. Gordon Ramsay will scream. That's the what shit we out. need in Monster Hunter. Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Just Gordon Ramsay like get get Capcom on the phone, call him up, say, Hey Capcom, I've got a deal for you, right? Get Gordon Ramsay in Monster Hunter well. I want him cooking five-star meals. I want him cooking beef wellington for the village, the entire village. Get it done. And then people would just flock to that. Like, you will even get people who don't like Monster Hunter in Monster Hunter if you get Gordon Ramsay in Monster Hunter. This is true. Yeah, that is true. 100%. Gordon, that or- Gordon Ramsay is now a skin for the handler. I'm pretty sure you can mod that in. There has to be, there has to be a mod or someone out there got thinking, I need to turn the handler or not even like the handler, but like the fucking the the chef. cat chef. Yeah. Yeah. Just replace that model. Don't, don't stretch fucking Ramsey's skin over that thing. Cause that would be an actual nightmare worse than Mr. X himself. <laughs> but, uh, just like replace the model with a humanoid figure and put Gorn Ramsey's texture all over it, and then it would make sense. What about would what be- about replacing the uh, the granny the granny cat chef? Yeah, but what, what do you mean replacing the granny cat chef? Okay, so you uh, haven't seen her yet. Chef, which yeah. is the, so are you the currently looking granny. at what chat are you looking at, Kenny? So I'll just dump it in there. Just whatever. General. All right, so I'm dumping this one in the general chat. And fucking, it's too powerful. The file is too powerful. God damn it. It's okay. Is Maybe the granny cat is. chef a cat or a person? It's a cat. Then yeah, it doesn't work. It's the, it's the same. It's the same as the fucking uh, fucking shit mouse chef. There it is. Yeah, but try. Oh my god, you cannot put Gore Ramsey's texture on the granny cat oh, chef. Hell, yes, we can. You cannot. You cannot uh, turn no, the granny cat yeah. chef into Gordon Ramsay without it being a nightmare. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but we Let's can though. Let's make it a nightmare. Yeah, I mean you can, but you can't make it not a nightmare. Oh, she taught the uh, the fucking yes. Yes, she did. chef how to how to cook. She fucking looks looks humble as fuck. Look at that. The she's, cute little she's, cat. She's the old granny, you know, the kind of I am feeding you and I will beat you until you eat. So babushka. Yeah. Yes. She is she is a babushka. So fucking down a fucking daisy chain here but gordon ramsay is babushka granny cat correct yeah no flaws whatsoever yes perfectly planned perfectly balanced as all things should be yes gordon ramsay is babushka granny cat have you been doing anything other than monster hunter alex Uh, i've been doing a couple of things in secret in secret in secret yes kenny you are you know about them do I? Fucking, I, I was complaining to you about one of them. 
and now, uh, certain decisions made on behalf of the development team, which has ultimately led to my choice not to purchase the sequel to the game that is currently in early access. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember. Now I remember this so, now. Why don't you uh, let us know? All right, so I'll be filling you in on this. I have uh, restarted because I didn't get around to finishing uh, Subnautica. Uh, Ooh. That's so right. I, will, uh, I have been... I, I, I want to say enjoying my time uh, playing that, but I, I honestly have not been. Because Why the that? game is so... Uh, it's... it's fu- It doesn't know what it's doing. In, in, in its, what sense? Uh, just, it's a game that's about exploration but mm-hmm. it does everything in its power to hinder and hamper your exploration in what sense because i haven't played right, subnautica so everything in subnautica is tied to depth as in the water as in the depth in the water so you get mm-hmm. this thing called the sea moth it, it can it can go to a depth of about 200 meters yeah yeah then you can like that's that's the first underwater vehicle you get the next underwater vehicle you get is um, the prawn suit, which is a mech suit that you can use to mine stuff. And once you've got the mech suit you can use to mine stuff, then you can go, I think it's about like a thousand meters down. Mm-hmm. And then after that, uh, yeah, then after that, you have the Cyclops, which is the submarine. And I think that one can go about 1500 meters down. So all of this stuff is tied to like exploration so they want you to go down they want you to see stuff they want you to do shit and every hundred meters down uh it costs more oxygen to stay outside of your craft okay yeah they have an enemy in the game that straight up pulls you out of your vehicle yeah but how often is this enemy in occurrence in the game it's about 250 meters down and it spawns almost everywhere See, that does sound like a bit of a flaw, but if you were taking out of your vehicle, how hard is it to get back into the vehicle? It yeets you as far as it can away from the vehicle. Yeah, but how far is that? Like, say about 100 or so meters. So can you lose your vehicle if you get yeeted beyond a part of... Because I'm assuming, like, if you're at a certain depth and you get yeeted to a new depth in which you cannot progress any further without that vehicle is that a common issue or does that not happen it, it happens like say okay so you know how i said the seamoth uh is about 200 meters is its maximum depth yeah mm-hmm. yeah so the seamoth like it, it it will continue moving even if you've been yeeted out of it so if you're going down and you don't see this thing there it'll pull you out of the vehicle at 200 meters down the seamoth will proceed past its maximum limit implode on itself and then you're stuck having to try and swim your way back up as this thing actively attacks you. Okay. I, I'm so, pretty but sure that, okay, the so that... is the first submarine you get. Yeah, it's the first single-person submarine you get. So, so what's the monster you're talking about? It is like some fucking tentacle-looking thing that psychically pulls you out of the vehicle. Huh. Yeah. Do these things ever get like explained or named, or no. do you? It does, you you're I, on an alien world. This thing exists. Uh, deal with it and eat shit. So you can't research any wildlife in that game. You, you can scan them, but you're not going to be able to scan that thing long enough before it kills you. Okay, so if this is one issue, what are the other issues you're having? 
uh, the other issues I'm having with the game is the game is remarkably boring. Now, that I would think would be up to a personal opinion because I, me looking at it, I think it looks like very interesting. Oh, it does. But, but I am not a fan of those survival games anymore. Like, I've played too much like Rust and DayZ in my time and any sort of, you know, survival, uh, like, obviously it's like everything's trying to simulate minecraft these days when in the regards of like hey you you start with nothing and you slowly build your way up etc i've seen a little bit i've seen of subnautica is it it's kind of like it's set out to be kind of a survival horror but the horror is more from isolation rather than it's not so much from isolation i would argue it's not horror it's terror yeah it's 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 more terror than horror because like you get the point the, um, the, the sea monsters themselves I've, aren't scary. I've heard, I've heard a lot, like many, many, many good things about Subnautica and significantly mm. less about the sequel. But the main reason things I've heard... People aren't necessarily saying the sequel is bad. They're just, from what I've seen, they're going, well, it doesn't really do much past the regular Subnautica, but the biggest one is that isolation thing I've pulled up. Again, this is all stuff I've heard because I haven't played the game myself, mm. but from what I've heard, a big draw of the original Subnautica was that whole isolation theme, and the fact mm. that in the second game they've got you've got a partner. Like co-op or no, NPC? No, like, no it's, a, it's an, an NPC, NPC that screams partner at you. Mm. That you've got radio contact with basically all the time. That entire isolation thing disappears. Yeah. That, that would straight up ruin that it. that was one of the big draws that everyone's like, this is what I really like about Subnautica. That seemed to be one of the big points that people liked about the well, atmosphere of the original one. That's what I it was like interested in, is the fact that you are an isolated person. When like, just yeah, like yeah. the fact that you are by yourself in this vast unknown. Like, not only like is the world a vast unknown, but like we're land creatures, obviously. Mm-hmm. But going into the vast unknown under the sea is a more terrifying premise for me than, you know, any other sort of thing. Like, just, you are not in your your character, or you, you in general, are not in your domain when you are under the sea. You are at the beckoning of any fucking monster that wants to make it make you its lunch. And that, I think, is, like, truly terrifying. Just going deep, like... I've seen videos on YouTube of like deep down exhibitions of fish and fucking like weird crustaceans, crustaceans that just look absolutely horrifying. Like there's this one that just gives me the heebie-jeebies, which is like a, it's just a regular fucking like squid, but instead of having like regular tentacles, its tentacles are about like eight feet long and they come out like spider legs from its mouth and i'm like oh it is super unsettling but that kind of thing is what creates the terror now having uh that sort of expectation of like this is what is in like real life waters being on a foreign planet yes that thing there that uh, Alex posted. There is a much more disturbing picture that I've seen of it, but yeah, that squid there. Um, being on a foreign planet, you do not know the rules of this planet. 
you do not understand or it's not you don't understand but like you do yeah, not know how this planet works things, you do not know how the wildlife how stems evolved doesn't follow the same logics that it does here yeah oh it and definitely fact, doesn't follow it doesn't follow any logic with certain creatures and the fact that like i have seen i think what they call the leviathan in that game which is yeah. like a super massive like fucking underwater beast like one for one the sound design seems like amazing for one uh the the creation of these beasts they're they're sort of tied to a uh realistic not realistic but the the creatures that are seen as are, are semi tied to a concept or a creature that we know but then they have ones that are just fucking just unconceivable and that i think is what makes this game really interesting but the fact that me myself have just been burnt out on these survival crafting games is why i haven't given it a shot because i know that's like 80 percent of the game it's just hey go here craft this and slowly work your way up like I don't, i've just been burnt out on the, the fact that i haven't tried subnautica and then seeing that they've announced subnautica 2 which for me i don't understand because i believe from what i've seen it doesn't provide enough differences for it to warrant a full new release i think a dlc yes but not a full new, re new release as it is just the same concept oh no i can actually no i i can see i can see some reasoning to a new release but on the surface of like the trailer i've seen it's just the same concept but done again in a new area so like kind of what monster hunter world did with iceborne it's the same concept new area but at least that's dlc yeah but that's dlc but at the same time, and it's like priced as a full price game. A, it is priced as a full size game, but it's a pretty huge DLC. And honestly, yeah. even if Iceborne's overpriced, which I don't personally think it is, I'm okay to pay it because they've added so much free shit into the game anyway. Yeah, mm. they they're like, constantly I updating like the developers. it. I like how they're in this game. Yes, it's definitely had issues. Not going to go past that. It's mostly online connection issues. Um, yeah well that was mainly at release yeah there have been quite a few issues with the game but i fucking love it they have been updating it and keeping on track like i said they added in even in the base Dante. game let's say they released the base game but then past that for free they did the ps4 uh, this one's ps4 exclusive because of their um licensing stuff but they had a collab with horizon zero dawn they did a collaboration with Street Fighter V. Uh, they did a small collaboration with Devil May Cry. Mega Man. They did a small collaboration with Devil May Cry. They put in a couple of weapons from like. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like these are all ca these are all Capcom properties. Um, fucking Horizon Zero Dawn's are a Capcom property. They added an Arc Tempered. Monsters. Oh no, that's different. No, they added Lunastra. They added the cool Tarothsi. You get my point. Yeah. yeah, they added a lot, and they've been keeping up on the game. And like I said, even though they only added one region to the game, 
in Iceborne. They've also added a bunch more... Like, it's not one region and then the four native monsters or whatever. Because in the base game, I believe there was... I don't know, about six or seven monsters native to each region. Mm. And in the Hoarfrost Reach, which is the Iceborne, I think there's about the same amount. And then an additional two or three for every other region. Yeah. Mm. So, the amount of monsters... As well as the fact that they added in new mechanics, new movesets for all the weapons. Well, not new movesets, but additional moves. And the ones I've seen, they're all thought out pretty well. Like, all the moves that were added to weapons work for the weapons. Yeah, well, it makes example, sense because... Uh, yeah. combo uses these new... Well, not all the time, but they use these new moves, even though it only got two because it just works it fits in seamlessly with the hammers moveset moveset so yeah that's what I'm saying like yes, like what you're saying I from what I've seen from below zero I feel like it probably should have been an expansion it should have absolutely have been a DLC and but uh the if developers it wasn't then a bit even of a so like tosses. I said I haven't played it but the biggest flaw I'm seeing is that depending on how you played it the game was either going to be atmospheric or relaxing or oppressive all of which are partially due to the isolation as soon as you've got a radio with constant kind of chatter in it or communication yeah whenever shit happens it ruins so much of the atmosphere and the yeah, feel yeah. of like the, the game. One of the one of the big things about I'm the original sure Subnautica. It's still a fun game. It's got great reviews, and I'm sure people enjoy playing. Oh, people below will zero. absolutely enjoy playing it. I'm personally finding it boring because whenever I want to go and have that, you know, wondrous moment of awe where I finally, when I like, you know, hit the fucking sea floor and see like, you know, the absolutely amazing, you know, sort of stuff that's down there. I'm always interrupted by something wanting to push my shit in. And that's fucking disappointing. Oh, wait. Yeah. Though I was Below Zero only just came out. Below Zero in that... Look, it's got good reviews. I'm sure people are enjoying it. But I can't see it being better than the original. It, it's definitely a, not. Like, on okay, any so point. One, one, of the Steam one, of the major, one of the major part points in the original as well that made that isolation thing feel really like oppressive and cr- crushing was um at the start of the game before like the main story takes off because there is a story you play through uh which is the most unique thing this game does aside from being underwater uh is that there is a full story that you play through uh, one of the, what what it does is at the start of the game is you get it you had you do have a radio and the radio for the time being uh at the, at the start of the game is just different other escape pods telling you like oh we're here come get us uh come come help us and when you get there it's the fucking the, the escape pod's been destroyed and there's usually like a predatory fish or something just swimming around <clears throat> and so you go and you loot it and that happens every single time until you contact something that's outside of the planet which is another ship and that ship is saying like oh yeah we're on our way we'll come pick you up that's we'll come get you don't worry just hold out until we get there like that's cool like it gives you like that little spark of hope until when the ship arrives and it tries to land on the planet some alien fucking cannon shows up and just blows the ship up completely 
Jesus. And so at that point, you're really going, well, I'm fucked. Yeah, so then you're, I'm you're stuck fucking. I'm by yeah. myself. But, like, that wouldn't be so bad. Well, as, no, you um, wouldn't be stuck there by yourself. Like, unless yeah. everyone died on board. Yeah, everyone on board died because the reactor of the ship that you came on exploded. The other one that came to pick you up got completely obliterated. Like, there's nothing of it left. And that's that's it like your only way off the um off the planet is to go to this alien cannon disable it and then build your own spaceship to get off the planet like that's that's what the game becomes it's it's you trying to escape the planet yeah yeah but it's a really now, pretty like, planet the beneficiary that i see coming from subnautica the first game is obviously that uh isolation because when you have that isolation it creates a sort of a how can i put it the the player would then act as if the player they are playing is a different character like there's been psychological studies about isolation uh when you like especially horrors with isolation the person playing the game then treats the character they are playing as another person in order to try and negate that isolation feeling mm. which ends up being worse because then when the scares or the 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 scary part of the game happens uh they feel personally attached or not attached attacked by not in personally as in like holy shit it's after me not the character yeah which i found pretty interesting because they would have the they would have the isolation would then have the player engage with the player character as if that's a separate entity altogether to try and reduce that isolation to which then when the problems or the uh horror stuff then happens the player not the player character is like much more heightened in sense of like like being scared and shit like that which i found pretty cool but as soon as you put communication out of that the player will then treat the player character as a part of a group rather than um a how can i put it when the player character starts associating with other players out the player the person would then start treating the player character as a part of a group instead of being isolated between the player and the player character which then ruins the terror because that connection between the player and the player character is almost instantly dismissed mm. so when the horror happens to the player character the player doesn't really feel that horror because they're already like uh distanced themselves away from associating with the player which I found was pretty interesting. So it becomes even more questionable why they would have a group of people or people to communicate with in this new Subnautica game. Because that would, that in, as Jaden's saying, would instantly ruin the isolation uh, method. It, it ruins the atmosphere of Don't the I? game. Yeah, yep. it, ru it ruins the atmosphere of the game that you're trying to create. So the game is already working against itself, trying to create a isolated, like a atmospheric horror, which is just instantly diminished because they can talk to someone else. Yeah. So like, as I said, like 
uh, for example, the example they used in this thing I read was um, that Tom Hanks movie, Castaway, how he literally had a fucking ball that he talked to to create to try and rid the isolation. Yeah, but and that was intentionally so, done to take away the isolation. Yeah, because they understood so the, that. Yeah, so the player character would do the same thing with the uh, player. Well, no, the player would do the same thing with the player character to try and rid the isolation. To which then, if something happens to the player, no, if something happens to the player character, then the player would feel the the terror and the horror much worse because of the 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 isolation between the two which i found was pretty interesting but then like they had to go fuck it up they had to fuck it up somehow of course they had to fuck it up somehow the only thing i've seen of subnautica 2 was the opening scene and after after this line of dialogue was spoken i immediately closed it i'm like yep this game's not for me and that was when the character is talking with the other person on the end of the radio and in order to get across the fact that both of them are twin sisters, um, the, the line of dialogue goes, oh, please, I shared a womb with you. Yeah, I can understand that, Stella, but what makes Stella them twin writing. sisters? Stellar writing. Absolutely fucking stellar but what gives writing. But what gives it away that they're twin sisters? The fact that they shared a womb together. Yeah, but did they say, you're my sister, we shared a womb? Or did they say, we shared a womb? We shared a... Yeah. You're, you're my sister we, we, we because this this together. this comes into the politics behind the game rather than the pol than what the game actually says because the game's just like you're my sister like try because the issue we're talking about here is the fact that some guy got fired because he made some posts on twitter to which they said he fucking ruined the company or ruined to, sales or something oh, like that well, that's, that's painting him in bits, a bit of a negative light to be fair from the bits he said he didn't he didn't he didn't address that the right way <laughs> like so yeah. the two things that i saw which was um so this is this is going to the, the politics behind uh subnautica to and which i think like itself. yeah so it's not the game itself it's just the politics behind uh the company that is building the game uh to which i'm just like yeah i'm not going to give this a shot on my principle as well Mm-hmm. Um, like the fact I wasn't going to play it because of the survival thing was is literally ninety percent of it, and the ten percent would be like, okay, that seems like dodgy practices. So it's not a major factor, but the fact that like this one guy who was the sound designer of um, Subnautica uh, did two things on Twitter. One, he made a post about a poll in which hey he asked Twitter, hey, what would you rather? a female main character or for us to work on the core game and apparently that was seen as politically charged by the company that they work with uh, so what's the company behind subnautica let's have a look I don't remember it is un- i think it's underworld something it is unknown unknown world entertainment unknown worlds entertainment yeah so unknown worlds entertainment saw this as this is a politically charged uh statement Mm -hmm. to which i can see that to a degree at the same time uh the way the company handled that is a, a bit fucking far only 
in the context of what happens further down the line and i'll get to that second Mm -hmm. so they see that's politically charged and then he made a comment on a post about how someone um someone made took a screenshot of the gender options when making a youtube account and there was like 10 different options about like male female identifiers whatever whatever mm. and then uh he replied in that post saying uh attack helicopter no was it apache, apache helicopter attack kind or something like that now those two those two tweets uh apparently gave unknown world whatever grounds to fire him saying that you know his beliefs are not part of the company yada 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 and it and it ruins sales for the game so that i find incredibly hard to believe yeah like in my personal opinion i find it incredibly hard to believe to see that these two posts would someone would see this and go i'm not buying subnautica for this I'm straight up not buying Sonautica for this. And there, there is a slope there. Like, you can totally go, yeah, I'm Too not, far, yeah. I'm not buying this because of the actions of the developers or some developers. Like, Well, that's what we're going to get, go into. You could get that point across, but I'm not sure... Like, even even that last one, the, the attack helicopter joke... They mm. went. People went off about that, going, "Oh, that's being transphobic, and that's what people are used to to insult gender fluid." And the dude was making a joke. Maybe it was in poor taste for a developer to be do that. I personally don't give a shit about it, but I'm not trans, so I don't know how it. And I don't know any trans people, so I don't know how it affects them. Maybe that is too far, but it was pretty obvious. It was just a fucking joke yeah like you could have just asked him to apologize like hey could you not do this hmm see now there is so that is one thing so we're looking at this guy was obviously taking a piss and that sort of stuff uh and his company said this has looked poorly upon us uh to the point where you know we're gonna lose sales we're firing him now I don't, I, I'm not saying it is. I'm saying I highly doubt that the, these two tweets alone would affect sales whatsoever. Yeah, that seems... This, was, this was a guy... This was a guy who, like, account was disassociated with the company. It was his own private account. Like, it's... Obviously, social media is a, a fucking finicky... Uh, medium these days but the company fired him saying it's going to affect sales and he it does not reflect upon the company's values to which to which the uh current and still current today uh pr representative for subnautica posted tweets saying the shocking incompetence of many cis white males is incredible so and that won't affect yeah, see, so, the problem yeah, so is, overall, sh- it just seems like they're virtue signaling. One, and they're virtue signaling, and known, two... As as over the yeah. past few months, virtue signaling doesn't tend to turn out all that well. You know, so, even if you're... Even if you're so the, 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 thing, the thing about virtue signaling these days is 
you, we have the small but loudest minority going like, oh, this is transphobic. I'm not buying the game. Boycott these people. Now, so they, so companies will either hold their ground or fold in light of these, uh, these uh, social justice warriors uh, coming yeah. forth. And so this, this tends to be more around social justice warriors and feminists. Now, I am going to clarify here. When I say feminists, I mean the outspoken radicals because I know a bunch of people who are, you know, sensible people just going, yeah, treat everyone like a fucking human. It's not that hard. Oh, man. I've got a fucking story for you, you know, in a second. But and yeah. going, look, I get that. But there definitely are some more radical people out there that exactly this. They go out looking for things to be offended by, and they're not going to buy this shit anyway. Mm. Yeah, so there's no yeah, that's the thing. They don't, they don't buy it. They just go, I'm offended for this. Regardless whether or not I was even remotely interested in the thing, I just want to virtual signal. Yeah. Which is the worst so, part of so it. So people who weren't going to buy the game are telling people who are going to buy the game that they're not going to buy the game because of reasons A, B, and C. And then the company is given a choice either to cave into the person who wasn't going to buy the game, and so the people who were going to buy the game are no longer going to buy the game, or stick to their guns, and so the people who were going to buy the game are still going to buy the goddamn game. And every, every single time this debate comes up, the company always fucks it up and chooses wrong. And that's, Every that's, single time. And that's the issue. Like, See, and I think the easiest way, uh, a story that's happened recently, to kind of prove this point was about the... I think Zaki-chan, who was the, the blood drive donor for the Red Cross in Japan. Basically, that was the... It was a large-chested anime girl as the mascot for their blood drive. And they were doing that, and it was going well, and people were donating. And then, basically, everyone, all the people who had an issue with it, the radical, outspoken people went, no, that's being, you know, sexist to women and all of that crap, and Mm. said, no, you can't have it, you can't have it, she can't be there. So they took it off, and blood donations actually went down like compared to the marketing platform they had earlier with their mascot it did go down there was a noticeable difference there funnily enough it actually feels like because of the history of stuff that's happened in japan it feels more like that they took it off more to prove a point because they brought her back yeah (laughs) so it feels like they did it more of a c (laughs) c but like (laughs) it's it's I think virtual signaling is what will be the death of companies. It will never, I've never seen virtual signaling be a benefit for a company ever. I've never seen anyone go like, oh, this person, like uh, majority of the time, fuck, I scoffed. A lot of of the issues I feel is because of the way they put it. Very little people get backlash for going hey we can rise up we can do this let's go there's a lot of backlash for people going no that's wrong you're not allowed to do that yeah it's just how you phrase things 
a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, I know. And how militant you're going to be about it. I was about to say, Again, speaking... I don't think any of us here have been personally affected or even really know anyone personally affected by any of this, so we can't really... It's, I know... We don't have personal f- experience to run off by this. I but... know a few trans people who straight up could not give a fuck. Straight up, like... Because they, they're gamers like us, and... Like, there's like... No, nah, like... They said this, and it's like... I don't care. Like... It's like they just don't care. Not saying that's that is a hundred percent the case. I'm saying like I know two trans people who straight up who are gamers like us, and it's like, hey, what do you think about this? And it's like I couldn't care less. Like so what? People say that to us all the time. Like if we got offended over every single time someone poked fun at us, we wouldn't live a good life. But it's it's also you have that thing where people be offended for on other people's behalf. See, but, uh, yeah, and that is, I think that's also more of, again, with the virtue signaling and radicalization, is people are getting offended on other people's behalf. And hmm. there's a lot of backlash from the people they're getting offended for. Because the people they're getting offended for are all like, stop fucking patronizing us. We've got a mind of our own. If we aren't having an issue with this. What do you... How can you come here and say, no, these people have an issue with it, so you need to stop, without even fucking consulting us? Mm. Go suck a dick. Yeah, it is quite retarded. But as I said, like, in... uh, When you're mentioning uh, radicalised feminism, we have some bullshit happening in Australia right now. You do? So, uh, there's a lady called um, Bettina Arndt, who is a advocate for gender equality. She got a an Australian Day honor for her advocacy in gender equality. And uh, I think Victorian and the Queensland ministers, both female, want that honor stripped because she's advocating for more resources towards like domestic abuse for men and stuff like that. So she's advocating for more resources for men who suffer domestic abuse, for men who get raped and all that sort of stuff. And Queensland and New South Wales ministers are going, no. No, their reasoning is that it's undermining victims of sexual assault, so she should be stripped of her honour because of it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? She's advocating for more stuff, like for men's rights, not against women. She's not. She's not going against women. She's just going going for more equality things. It's like, hey, there's all these shelters that help women, and I know that's still an issue, but we also need more to help men as well. Exactly. It's another case of people don't have an issue with that because she's bringing people up, not try and go, you're wrong. And bring yeah. people down. Like she's yeah. not advocating so what against is it to women. Get support for yourself when you're not a dickhole. Yeah, it's like she's not advocating against women. She's going. Women have these resources. Men don't. I want men to have these resources as well. It should be equal. And the Queensland and New South Wales ministers are both like, she should be stripped of Australian Day honour because she's undermining uh, sexual assault vi- uh, victims for advocating and for men. Again, funnily enough, 
it's a girl doing it. Like, it's a woman. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a woman. And it's the same thing. A lot of, like, cause, um, because they've kind of got to a lot of the, the comics, the Western comics, they've been pushing a lot harder on stuff like Japanese media, anime and manga. But a ton of the stuff they're doing, like, this is wrong, this is unacceptable, and it's not right. You're treating women wrong. And 90% of the time, it's actually a female author doing it. <laughs> it, it is retarded. Yeah. But yeah, we're not a political fucking thing, but I just thought that was hilarious how uh, yep. a woman advocating for gender equality is being bombarded by women who think she's undermining one half it, of the It's because she's not field. towing the line. She's not towing the party line. That's, and that's entirely notice, why. Notice that this isn't, this isn't all she's doing. This is one thing she's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She didn't get that fucking gender equality honor for nothing. Yep. But yes. yes. So so that was a long way of explaining why... Virtual signaling in the gaming industry yeah. is and the fucking bad idea. Yes, and also our own opinions on the matter, and also Alex's reason why he's not going to buy Sub-Zero, uh, Subnautica below zero. Yes, but to, like to summarise it, because it has been a while, uh, Subnautica Below Zero is a politically charged DLC that was made solely to uh, shit on an entire person's career because they happen to have a different opinion from the rest of the development staff. So if Subnautica Below Zero gets I, a 0 out of 10 because that's what it honestly fucking deserves, I, I think fight that's me. A, a little harsh, but I do agree with the general sentiment. But it wouldn't be Alex... Would it now? Yeah, no, it, w- it wouldn't be me if the if the fucking if the punishment if it wasn't was not a little harsh, bit harsh, swift, and fucking this merciless. This is this is why I tend to be the one playing devil's advocate here. Yes, because yeah, that's kind of like me. Someone me needs to Alex... legitimately defend people so I can bring them back from wherever Alex has t- dragged them to. You know, because dra- if, if we start at ten and they deserve a five, Alex will get somewhere like two digits negative. Yeah. And I need to pull it back to a five. <laughs> oh, let's not forget the point where you support his negatives. Mm. Uh, fucking Blythe and Smash Brothers. Cough, cough. <laughs> you know what's funny? Did you is hear fine. stuff about Byleth? No. Uh, depends on what I heard. Sakurai's He's... basically going exactly the same thing as I said in that um, it makes sense for a for Byleth to be in here. It's the first time we've done this. It's a new Fire Emblem character. You get to play as the protagonist of a new game. You can play on the Switch now. But he also said, I don't really control what characters go in here. That's up to Nintendo. So, apparently... I I personally think... No, no, listen, listen, listen. Apparently, um, I I can't find it for confirmation, but apparently Sakurai... This is a translation that I saw, not the long translation. Hold up. up. This is something different, but Mm -hmm. same with Sakurai. Apparently... And I cannot get confirmation of this, but apparently Sakurai confirmed as like the characters that come into the DLCs have already been suggested and chosen. I've got no say in it. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that as well. So that's why that's why he said we had to play like a build of the game that wasn't even finished because they made the decision to put Byleth in before the game was even finished. Hmm. And I'm just like, uh, that makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, I am still salty about it. Even though, all right, we didn't mention this, but I don't play Smash. (laughs) (laughs) I play play it at a friend's house every now and then, but I don't play Smash. And like, 
put money towards that shit. Yeah, I feel salty that Byleth is in it. <laughs> you have literally no investment in that game whatsoever, and yet you're you're what? fucking attacking Byleth so like it's the you know, worst thing in the you world. You know why I, I feel like that was more more happened, Kenny? I feel why? like that more happened because you're a Devil May Cry fanboy and you felt mm. gypped for Dante. Oh, man. Just because I've he was suggested. Yeah. Devils, Devils may no, cry no when they don't get him smashed. Was Dante ever confirmed? He was suggested in one fucking offhand Twitter post. That no, no, no. Fucking- Multi- multiple Twitter stuff that he was suggested in it, but not directly related to Smash. Yeah. Just dates and stuff, and yeah, I was just like, dates. Dante two dates being in Smash to fucking makes fucking the most got, sense. Yeah, so two dates happened to Coaline. Everyone got their shit in a fucking tizzy. And, and, and went, oh, the Dante love, the love Nintendo is giving Dante right now, dude. Switch have the most superior version of Devil May Cry Free to exist. They have the superior version, and it's a and it's a Switch exclusive. Mm-hmm. So Dante's um, weapon switching and st- or style switching. Apparently, weapon switching is in the in the talks as well, mm-hmm. because you can only switch between two weapons and uh, two two weapons and two guns, but no styles. But that in the talks of making him switch between all his melee weapons and all his ranged weapons, and they've obviously done the style switching. The only other version to have style switching is the DMC HD remaster for Dead May Cry 3, in which it's, it's a mod that's quite buggy, but it kind of works. <laughs> the, now the Switch has an official version with animations and all that all that jazz of style switching making and it's a switch switch exclusive they've said it's not coming to any other thing they said it's switch exclusive that dante is getting style switching in the devil may cry free port coming to it so the love they are giving that series right now and not only just like porting the games like all the games to uh switch as well like you would think, especially with how like the Capcom crew is like not Capcom crew, the Cap um, Demo Cry voice actors and uh, actors stuff and uh, behind the Demo Cry team is like, hey, look, keep an eye on these dates for something, and obviously it's the same thing as the Resident Evil Two remake situation in which they announced absolutely nothing, and then the fan base were like, oh my god. Uh, they have to announce Resident Evil 2 remake on the Resident Evil 2's anniversary, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and then everyone got everyone pissed got when it didn't happen. like, we never said we were going to do yeah. anything. We never, Guys, yeah, they never said anything. Up, said we needed to do it and then got angry when we didn't. Yeah. What the so hell, I, guys? Th- that is what I experienced. I got annoyed over something that didn't happen or wasn't even remotely confirmed because, like... I, I don't think it's so much of the perpetuated self-hype machine. I think it's much of like they were teasing things which correlated too well with Smash but had nothing to do with Smash. And which then like people made the connection going, it must be Smash. 
and then that self-perpetuated hype machine turned into a fucking choo-choo we're gonna run into a brick wall and then we're gonna we're gonna fucking be angry at you for putting the wall there <laughs> yeah yeah that covers it we shouldn't have run into the wall but it's your fault the walls there. like that fucking scene in a uh, red versus blue when caboose throws a grenade at the wall it's not my fault someone put a wall there <laughs> fuck caboose but yeah I, I i i would love to see dante get some love because like the success with like devil may cry 5 that pretty much sparked a lot of interest back into the devil may cry series i think it's great because i love the devil may cry series mm. like every series has the fucking black sheep uh devil may cry has two black sheep <laughs> and the rest are fine um that's one thing i probably might do is for anyone who's actually remotely interested to see how fucking terrible devil may cry 2 actually is like people that i talk about like people that like when i work with and people in our discords like how i talk like absolute shit about devil may cry 2 and it's like oh you know is it like a so bad it's good game no it's it's just it's straight up fucking boring it is not enjoyable to play it's not enjoyable to watch it, yeah, it's like, there is it's nothing enjoyable about mediocre, it but it's not bad enough that it gets good oh no it's bad like it's legit combat is terrible like i like it's not a so bad it's good game it's so bad it's actually bad like i'm talking like f- like sub three out of ten bad because not ideal so you what what is the most what is the most focused part about the devil may cry free or devil may cry gameplay i have no idea it's the combat it's the styling on motherfuckers that makes sense it that is the sole focus of the gameplay in devil may cry is kill everything and look stylish doing it Dev May Cry 2 goes, you have two pistols, right? Why would you use anything else? These two pistols are the most overpowered fucking weapons and the move set for Dante in Dev May Cry 2 is so laughably abysmal. Why would you use anything else but the pistols? Like doing doing like combos in Dev May Cry 2 just don't exist they are so fucking weak and like it's they don't make you could full combo something or you could just shoot them it's not even so much a case of like you could full combo or something it's more of like the way that i would explain the demo cry 2 combat system is uh you do an ability and then if the enemy allows it you can probably like rope in another combat ability in between so doing like stylish combos doesn't exist in dev may cry 2 ah. and you can literally so the pistols in dev may cry 2 are literally you shoot the enemy and you shoot you start shooting them up into the air and you keep juggling them until they're dead and that's it you literally like i'll have to show you guys what i mean because you can do it from the, the very first thing you do in the game to the very last thing you do in the game that there is there is the right choice yes there is two bosses in the game which you can only kill using your handguns ebony and ivory two bosses you can't 
you can't do combos on them you can only use your handguns and these two bosses are the most unimaginative boring pieces of shit to ever land in the Dead May Cry series and that is the infested tank in the infested helicopter which are just oh, a tank fuck which is just a tank and a helicopter with some like veiny sort of colors around it that you have to shoot when you said infested tank i was like straight up thinking some left for dead shit until you said infested helicopter nah, like, oh, nah no. son not it's not that interesting oh. like it is that fucking it's literally just a fucking like a abrams tank you just gotta shoot and dodge the tank bullets and then a helicopter you fight on a rooftop in which it's so high above you you can't jump to hit it you can only use your guns fun times fun times that is that is essentially what devil may cry 2 is and fun it's times fucking poor game and it's design. horrid so like like the fact that like they're putting so much love into the best like nintendo is putting so much love into the best parts of the devil may cry history which is like they put like they one making devil may cry handheld is really fucking interesting like really cool and something i would love two they're putting so much love into one of the best games of the series which is free Mm -hmm. to make to to make the experience even better so to think that nintendo would put dante in smash it's not a far-fetched fort but it's not a confirmed fort either Mm. yeah so it was a pipe dream that you got too invested you and a lot of people got too invested in and they were unhappy when it when reality came and smacked you awake man what can i say i just want nintendo to pull on my devil trigger (laughs) to pull my (laughs) devil trigger have you seen that video of slash v sings devil trigger no it's horrid it's a whole bunch of uncoordinated people who can't sing sing fucking devil trigger it, it's i'll have to show you that oh, in a fucking it, it sounds as horrible as i imagined yeah it is On so that was that note, your week alex yeah uh yeah fucking i got one more game surprisingly yeah and that was uh total war warhammer 2 i have oh, okay. started a campaign there i've chosen the uh the mortal empires campaign so that is and which is that's like one and two put together yeah yeah right. one and two put together yeah so two the ones that is, that's exclusively the second game is um the eye of the vortex and one that is exclusive that is both one and two put together is um uh the mortal empires so in the mortal empires campaign that you can play as the chaos faction so i have chosen to play as the chaos faction and i'm playing as colec sun eater the um oh, what's it, fucking what is he he's the dragon ogre yeah, yeah dragon he's ogre. the lord of the dragon ogres yeah I haven't played uh, Warhammer, so um, I don't know much it's, about it's it. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's it's like a centaur, except it's half dragon and half ogre instead of half horse and horse and half man. Yeah. Okay. Half dragon, half ogre, and he's powered by the storm. Like uh, I remember there's, the one, there's one. No, there's one bit of the lore where the sun itself refuses to shine on him. So he always walks around uh, covered by a storm of light of, um, has, of clouds. He has and light. natural edge. Yeah. Is vitamin D deficiency a thing in the Warhammer lore? Probably, but he's a dragon, so ogre dragon thing. He doesn't need vitamin D. He's like uh, dragon oh, he ogres. Needs to do. Like dragon ogres are like elementals, 
like they have all all their elemental power is what keeps them going so he spends most of his time asleep um Except waiting for a shit. yeah he spends like dragon ogres and like Colex spend most of their time asleep until a storm of significant power appears that they will actually actively go out and get struck by lightning so they can get up and move and he wears bronze armor so he can conduct lightning better so wait who's this what's the name of this guy Colex sun eater so Colex sun eater mm-hmm. who has a vitamin d deficiency is more susceptible to colds and coughs Colex sun eater can be defeated with the coronavirus <laughs> i mean probably clan pestilence is one of the strongest skaven units no it was and then it got shit yeah so the, here are the symptoms of team, fi- here yeah. are the symptoms of vitamin d deficiency tiredness muscle weakness or pain frequent colds and coughs low mood and feeling achy so colic sun eater the depressed and infected <laughs> yeah sure we'll go with that why not fuck it oh i had the weirdest experience fucking yesterday when i was fucking booking a doctor's appointment well like the fucking coronavirus yeah so they asked me a bunch of questions before they let me actually like confirm the booking for the appointment because i did it over the phone they're like have you been to mainland china and i'm like no it's like do you have have you been in contact with anyone who has been to mainland china it's like no do you have any symptoms um that are related to you know coughing sneezing or flu-like symptoms i said i'm like uh no no i don't and legit i I legit thought that the next response would be then why the fuck do you want to come to the doctors (laughs) (laughs) bitch i have come to the doctor so i don't get this you're like ah i do this and it's so no 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 wait what kind of question let's hold up a second hold up a second what kind of question is have you been any been near anyone who's been to mainland china how the fuck do you know yeah more directly have you had any relatives or friends that you've been with yeah it was yeah more along the lines of like have any relatives or friends been to mainland china that and is have what, you that, been in contact I with i still them? don't understand that it's like man i'm sick do you know what i need to go fucking on a vacation <laughs> <laughs> i need a vacation to get rid of this fucking flu well remember the first one off the sinking ship is the rats oh fucking that's how raccoon city got fucked yep oh man it reminds me of my fucking argument today it wasn't really an <laughs> argument so like my uh, is that your week done yeah it's my week done so i had a fucking a fuck a, an experience today with what i could only ex only express being arguing with the flat earth equivalent like arguing so- with someone about resident evil is the this guy is the flat earth equivalent of resident evil to which like <laughs> she's all right there was a video so it is resident evil fans okay the flat the flat earther of resident evil so it may be a bit of a fucking secret but i i do like a bit of resident evil i do dab in the resident evil just a little bit played once or twice i'm clutching my pearls i never knew that about you well i do like to uh dip my virgin toe into the uh the sewers of resident evil from time to time but uh i know a lot about resident evil and uh i watched a a video a while ago 
about some guy trying to explain how on youtube how liquors oh, came to I be i remember this yeah i remember, I remember this as well this. so uh, yeah, the person's basically saying, hey, look, the liquors are made by some fucking... All right, I'll, I'll try and pull up the video because oh, it's I fucking Oh, I don't remember rich. it exactly. I remember Kenny getting angry about it because when Kenny yeah. gets angry, everyone in the chat finds out. And whenever we fucking... When any... Okay. Yeah, it's whenever, whenever Kenny gets angry, I'm always there to fucking take part in it. <laughs> so, Ooh, like... I want to hear. So, the video is called Liquors Explained the E-Virus. The e-virus doesn't fucking exist. That's why the e-virus, e-virus is not a thing in Resident Evil. But this this person seems to think that the e-virus is what makes liquors. When actually, no, the progenitor virus and the T-virus make liquors. Because what happens is if a zombie... Because the, the T-virus is basically not only like a fucking infect like a fucking viral and biological weapon but it can also reproduce cells so when a zombie takes too much dam like too much damage or too much like missing fucking flesh all that sort of shit the t-virus start rebuilding start rebuilding the body and the more yeah regenerate right? itself so the more and more damage a zombie takes the more and more it it regenerates but it's sort of I would say de-evolutionizes them to a well, degree to which well, how, like the it works right is it doesn't regenerate in the case that it regrows the missing skin it grows new stuff to replace the old stuff but the new stuff it, is different it grows new muscle which the skin can't contain so the skin splits and falls off and like the bones turn into like, the bones in the hand get mutated and turned to the claw aspect and to the point where like it keeps reproducing new flesh that the regular body can't contain and thus becomes the liquor and that's how liquors explain but this guy is like oh you know the e-virus is what infected raccoon city when it got into the water and i'm sitting here like all right i i put up with your bullshit up until now like no how raccoon city became infected is one of like the most well-known common aspects of resident evil it is referenced multiple times throughout the resident evil games that william birkin when he infected himself when fucking hunk and his crew tried taking the g-virus sample for him william birkin infected himself in a you didn't win kind of moment and fucking attacks the team containing the g and the t-virus samples so he destroys the case that was holding the t and g-virus samples the rats get into and start eating the fucking samples and then they become infected and then since they are in the raccoon city sewers they they are literally a fucking bit not literally but they're like a bee's dick away from the populace thus how easy it is to affect and this was at the very least alluded and in at, i'm sure at least one case, ex- case explicitly shown in game yes it is shown in resident evil 2 we saw it by the way go check out our resident evil 2 playthrough on our channel at oz plays um it shows a scene in which william birkin attacks the crew crushes the samples and you see the rats like drinking it up 
And then the literal next line is, it's like, so the rats are the ones who spread the T virus. And that's just like, you're damn fucking right, Skippy. And this motherfucker has the audacity to go, nope, you're wrong. Because I posted a comment that goes, oh, by the way, um, the virus, how, how Raccoon City, this is like a polite comment, by the way. I was like, let's have a look at it. See if I can find my comment. Because it's like, I'm like, hey, the T virus got to Raccoon City from rats that had consumed it when William Bake, when William Birkin had mutated, not through the water supply. And that's all I said. To which then some motherfucker straight up comes and says, nope, no. you're wrong. Spread by Dr. Marcus. Now, for all those unaware, Dr. Marcus uh, was one of the one of the big three who started the Umbrella Corporation. Uh, Dr. Marcus was working with the progenitor virus on leeches because of like their regenerative ability and shit like that. And then he got killed and then William Birkin took over his research and then made the G virus. Uh, but he's like, nope, this is how the fucking T virus got spread to Raccoon City because I think this. Not because this happens. So could, you, could, you, could you share the video? Uh, let me let me find the thing. Just the video. It's... So I was like, yeah, I was like, the E virus doesn't exist in Resident Evil, and he goes, "You're super wrong. The T virus was purposely spread by Marcus in the mansion, but it had spread to the train in Zero and kept spreading on so forth." So, in Resident Evil Zero, a train called the Ecliptic Express gets overrun by these infected leeches, and what happens is you take that train essentially out of state to the um, Dr. Marcus's facility, which is kind of like a replica of the Spencer mansion, which is out of state. The train gets destroyed with almost everything on it. So he's going, and I'm just like, no, that's incorrect. The events of Resident Evil happened before Resident Evil 1, meaning the events of Resident Evil 0 happened months before the outbreak in Raccoon City, meaning the T-virus in Resident Evil 0 never reached the city. And he goes, nope, you're wrong. The virus was purposely spread, infecting everybody directly from traveling air vents in the lab. So the virus in the lab did not reach the city. That uh, I do, the yeah, so he's he's referencing the movie now because he's going yeah one T virus is not airborne it it's it's fucking oh. so yeah it traveled through the air vents in the lab nothing to do with the water supply nor the rats the infection didn't start instantly either meaning the virus was spread in zero it, uh, it oh, fucking come back come back phone uh, <laughs> it obviously took a little longer to travel all the way to the big city. 100% spread by Dr. Marcus. I'm like, dude, are you fucking for real? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I didn't say that. Notice, you'll notice Kenny's arguments tend to actually get... They do go like that, though. You're so like, this, is, polite, this, is what polite, I, this is what polite, I wrote. And then at one point, you just lose it and go, seriously, what the fuck, man? So this, no, this is what I wrote. I'm like, no, you're incorrect. You do know that Resident Evil Zero takes place in a different mansion far away from Raccoon City, right? The fact they had to take a train to the fest test facility mansion where there were no experiments taking place the leeches died due to sunlight not even the spencer mansion caused the outbreak uh because everything infected or not was destroyed by self-destruction methods i'm like did you even play resident evil zero because i sure as hell don't know anything about it 
Um, and, and this just Google, the- just Google how Raccoon City became infected, then you might learn something today. To which and then I just copied the Google link of how Resin- how <laughs> Raccoon City got infected and goes, here, I did it for you. And then he just stopped replying to me after that. But I'm just like, he's just like, oh, I, oh, I, miss, I fucking missed one. Holy shit. That's the weird part. Where is it? Yeah. Ma- Dr. Marcus. What? <laughs> Dr. Marcus spread it in the mansion to which I believe the train... Yeah, Dr. Marcus spread it in the mansion to which I believe the train transferred over to the... What? Dr. Marcus (laughs) spread it... Oh, fuck it. It, it, It's like a... So he's got terrible grammar. He's like, Dr. Marcus... Oh, fuck it. All right. So basically, Dr. Marcus... He's saying Dr. Marcus... um, purposely spread the t-virus on a train which took it to the mansion where dr marcus spread it in the mansion and i'm like i'm like dude none of that happened <laughs> none of it dr marcus didn't all right dr marcus gets killed the queen leech like fucking revives his dead corpse to which then the queen leech has a literal mind of its own dr marcus is dead and he didn't purpose no dr marcus didn't spread the infection purposely he is dead (laughs) like so this guy's literally just making up these theories going i think therefore and i was like dude no no you're you're incorrect you're incorrect man with the facts (laughs) this is how it is (laughs) i'm like fuck me man you're the kind of person my parents keep warning me about (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that, that was, was my fun, f- fun experience. I, for you, I am not denying I'm a rabid fangirl of Resident Evil, but fuck me, man. Like, I I was being nice up until the point you kept going, no, you're super wrong. This is how it is. I'm like, dude, none of that ever fucking happened. What are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, my week, uh, other than complaining at a fucking guy for a day, uh, like a couple of games. Day? And not an entire day i woke up fucking wrote him a fucking paragraph and then went back to bed three fucking times <laughs> jesus all right i woke up got a reply replied to it went back to bed woke up got a reply replied to it went back to bed woke up no reply <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um i've been playing a fair few amount of games but one in particular um so one game we so we did two gssbs uh which will be going up on the channel very soon one game called uh hu yang hu yang free which is uh it translate it's chinese as close as our google translate gets it firmware free so firmware free is a sort of hack and slash kind of game which surprisingly its control scheme is quite intuitive. Yeah, like, like because we were talking about, it seems like someone played an MMO and went, I want to turn this into a single player action RPG. So they yeah. did. And their control scheme is threefold. You can either use a gamepad and uh, use it as like a regular hack and slash game. You can either use the keyboard and mouse and use them as a regular hack and slash game. More like, yeah, more like an action game. Yeah, like an action game. Or 
you can use the uh, the MMORPG control scheme, which if you've played Final Fantasy fourteen, World of Warcraft, um, fucking Rift, any of those kinds of games, it's exactly that control scheme, which I found pretty fucking interesting because I don't think I've ever seen a game like that accommodates such a wide control scheme from controller hack and slash that in particular is just more proof that whoever did it very much intended to combine to be a single player yeah and like like the character models their sort of designs or like they look very familiar to final fantasy 14 character models and such not in like aesthetically but in design so that is sort of telling as well as the home bases like the towns are essentially mmorpg towns yeah, massive we, we got we ended the recording after we got to the first town and basically we got to the first town and went holy shit it this is, is an mmo main town it is fucking huge and the fact that i can dance on shit kids is pretty fucking hilarious as well but um yeah, so Gyorjan Free is a, G- a good shake of the soul bottle, which we going from the channel. Uh, another GSSB we did is of one game lacking any form of quality is uh, a game called Vampires Fall Origins. Now, no, 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 on the Steam... Vampire with an apostrophe there. No, 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 That's no, the name no. of the town. That's the name of the town. So, so they have a town called V-A-M apostrophe P-I-R-E. That is a name of an actual town in Vampire Vampire's it's Fall. It's also where the name Vampire came from in Universe. Mm. Yeah. They named so, it uh, after the town. The game on Steam shows itself to be like a Diablo-esque isometric um, like navigation sort of thing. But when it goes into combat, it is a Darkest Dungeon-style combat system. And Except with one on- person instead of a, a turn-based... It gives me Adventure Quest vibes yeah Holy and shit, that's all. i look at it and i'm like that looks pretty fucking interesting and it's got mostly positive reviews so it's only got like 108 mostly positive reviews out of i don't know like 108 reviews and like they said like 90 percent of them was mostly as positive basically not many reviews but they seem to be mostly positive yeah so i'm like fuck it we'll give it a good gssb and holy fuck this is like the most euro jank i've experienced in a while it is aesthetically unpleasing uh controls like shit uh like the word like the one thing that i was like the first thing i fucking noticed when we started the gssb was the text font for dialogue which is straight up and i checked Arial. it is Arial font Yep. and then they copied the diablo font yeah, the, for the, the, the town names i noticed was the main other text is like that's just the diablo font i know that crossed crossed oh you know what i'm gonna go yep that's that's the diablo the other thing we noticed is see the text on the main the 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 mini map is a zoomed in version of the main world map the problem is the text on the world map is designed to be read on the world map and doesn't scale so we literally had like a quest big marker. walls of text but when we were like, on the minimap, we could only see half of the sentence, and it was blocking up a full half of the minimap. Yeah. So what they did for the minimap was they designed the map in which they put like text, like obviously text on the map saying what's what. But the minimap is literally is, just a zoomed in part. Of is the map. just a zoomed in map. 
So the text on the map looks normal. The text on the mini map is fucking huge and blocks out like actual information on the map. And uh, the game, by the looks of it, doesn't seem to have, um, what's the term, where it, it tries to guide you into a certain thing, like it guides you to a path to tell the story some way. It doesn't have barriers in order for those guiding. It just expects you to go down this path. So when we called it at the end, um, we went into a town and before talking to anyone, I found this big ass fucking building Called with a on the big lair with a big cross next to it or a big cross on it. We go to it and it's just called lair. So I'm like, the game was obviously expecting me to talk to people in the fucking town and then go, oh, you'll play, we've got a place for you set up, yada, yada. But no, if you go straight to it, it just says lair. Like there is no, I would say fail states. There's no fail states, fail states outside the beaten path. So, so the game just played terribly, looked god awful. Um, it it quite literally looks like it was made by university students, and not good ones either. <laughs> so uh, a bunch of I'm a bunch of disinterested uni students just because. It doesn't matter how good your team of university students are, you're not going to work well enough together. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so um, Vampire Fall or Vampire Fall Origins, uh, my recommendation here: don't buy it. But uh, GSSB is going up on our channel that Oz plays, so you, you can see why we recommend against it. it. Yeah, we recommend it against it. But that's that's only fucking peanuts, peanuts for what I've really been doing. Uh, what and have you really been doing? What have I really been doing? Um, I've really been spending about 43 hours this week uh, playing Tales of Basiria. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have. Yeah. So uh, I feel like I am getting near the end of the game because shit has fucking ramped up. And uh, I will be giving it a, a God honest review uh next week on the podcast I when uh, i finish it week. but i'll give you a, a when in which a segment which i'll be probably be calling an australian reviews a japanese rpg <laughs> 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 because like this game like it is very interesting in terms of like its combat like the can like i'll explain more when i do my review next week but the combat is like hey look um you know how in a fighting game you would kind of lab combos to see what would do best mm -hmm. so you kind of get a you get abilities in which you can string four abilities together and you get a, like a good like the more you level up the more abilities you get and you start to lab combos to see which has the best uh what like damage output best, what's got the best damage all of that. so you have like um three three kinds of abilities you have martial abilities which is just physical combat stuff you have hidden abilities which is combat stuff with some element stuff and then you have malik abilities which is magic so you can sort of mix and match stuff and try to lab like the best combos and even then so you can you can add four abilities per button 
so x so like square triangle circle x if i press x four times it will come up with four certain abilities if i wanted to i can like press x twice and then move to the triangle ability tree and would use those the, next two moves would that do the first and second or the third and fourth so if i were to use the first and second of x it would then use the third and fourth of triangle okay so you can like mix and match like combos this and that and you can also um have uh abilities like an individual ability if you hold the block button and then press the face button but you can only use one so you can sort of go all right let's use xx triangle triangle and then i'll hold block square and then go xx circle circle so you can lab like create these really fucking like cool ass combos and it's really really fun and i think the best part about tales of Berseria's combat is you have uh one two three four five six party members you have uh a white mage you have a black mage you have a tank you have a dps you have a sort of spears i don't know i think she's like an all-rounder so eleanor who has like a lance she's pretty much an all-rounder and you have velvet which is um good at martial and hidden arts and you can just play as any one of those characters like you don't like obviously you have to play through the main character until you like you unlock all the other characters but as soon as you lock a second character you can just play that character the entire time hmm. like the only reason why i'm sticking with velvet as the main character is because i like a combat style and then you've got like uh the tank who is aizen he's like a tank and he's really good at dps but only on a single target where you have rokuro who's a dps on bit like multiple targets and shit like that so that's really it's really fun with the combat system and like i'm really really liking the game it, it the point i got up to now literally goes from it literally changes the story so i don't know if this is a spoiler or not so if if, if you if it's a, if you fucking don't want any spoilers just skip 15 seconds but the game goes from a revenge story to do the ends justify the means and that's and that's how they go about that change is really fucking good and so like i well. it's it's not really much of a flip but of oh my god don't they it, it's it's more of like how the game plays out and it goes it's like this but then like it really comes down to like hey Here's a if you think about it didn't know. oh like there is a point in the game which like a certain reveal happens and i'm sitting here going get fucked get absolutely fucked well, i remember being with you when you did that or at least hearing and you're sitting there going well, i just had three things change in one uh cutscene yeah like there's in one cutscene like shit hits the fan and i think all the characters act appropriate to the fan being hit with shit like it's just a part where it's like nah i can see this like i completely understand this because the characters what they fight for and all i'm not gonna reveal too much i'll reveal i'll do like a spoiler thing next week but like what happens in the game is like a like a big 
You're like, holy shit, this reveal has so much weight and makes so much sense. Oh, shut up, Dante. Uh, so yeah, like, look forward to getting my fucking Tales of Berseria reviewed next week as uh, I will surely have it finished by then. But yeah, Tales of Berseria, fucking good game. I mean, the yeah, one thing- just uh, way longer than you think it is. Well, that's the thing. Like I'm like 45 hours in and I'm only just getting to the part where it's like, hey, look, uh, we're, we're ramping up, ramping up to the final act. And this is me doing like some, not all, but some of the side content stuff. Yeah, like you're doing side Hold content. I'm gonna, kick, I'm gonna kick Dante out. Dante! I am back. Yeah, so you're doing side content kind of when it come when you come across it, but yeah. you're not hunting like, for everything. Yeah, I'm not hunting for everything, but like the side content sort of comes in like there are characters around the world which like, hey, if you meet this character, it like I have I think I've found like three side quests in the entirety of the game. I'm not sure how many are, but like one side quest is, hey, get all these ingredients for a mega elixir. Uh, another side quest is, hey, go to this um, area and fight this demon with a, a particular party member. And another side quest is, hey, collect all these dolls. And each of these side quests have story, like weight in the story. But um, how do I put it? I have weight in the story, but you're not missing out too much if you just don't do them so right. like yeah 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 it's it gives nice little uh info and rewards but they're really not necessary to understand the story yeah and my favorite character like i have two favorite characters which i didn't think would be my favorite characters that's that's one thing i will give credit to this game it was like my favorite characters are characters i wouldn't ever consider being my favorite but now they are and that is um the party man member eleanor who is an exorcist so she's on the bad guy side but events basically happen to which then she has to work with you and then there's the malik who i'm not going to reveal his name but i'm going to call him by his nickname which is fee there's a malik called fee and he's a little boy and fuck me he's just there was one scene last night that i saw which just melted my fucking heart from him and i was just agape of how much this malik malik's are basically uh beings born from magic which gives exorcists their power to defeat demons but uh so malik's are considered tools by exorcist but this malik um malik's can develop their own personalities and you know their own their own lives they're basically familiars that can grow into their own stuff well no it's the thing it's like they're they have personalities and they have their own lives they're just being suppressed because they need to be suppressed to do their job for the exorcist because if they start doing things of their own then the exorcists don't have control over them and then they can't use them so the exorcists need to use them as tools, but they have the ability to, you know, get their pers- personality and their memories back. Like, 
one of the team members, Aizen, who's a pirate, is a Malak. And he's a pirate now. He used to, you know, Malaks are born from magic and shit like that. But like Fee, oh man. Like, so in the game, he's called number two by the exorcists because they're tools, they don't get names. And Velvet, the main character, decided to give him a name and a nickname. I'm not going to reveal the, the name because I think that's potential spoiler, but his nickname is Fee. And there's this one scene where fucking Fee is just talking to Velvet because Velvet is just acting up and he just goes, stop your, stop your whining. Stop your fucking whining right now. This four, like four year old kid Malik is like, stop your fucking whining. All right. I care about you. You gave me a name when they gave me a number. And I'm just like, oh my God. Oh, like that. Even just thinking about it now melts my heart because the way it's like the voice acting in this game is fucking phenomenal. Like the, the worst part about the voice acting is that it's so backloaded. Like the first part of the game, voice acting is pretty fine, but the last half of the it game really is where the voice it. acting just fucking shines like it is so good and the one thing that upsets me the most is that tales of Basiria like has voice acted lines for like people in the street that you can have conversations with nino kuni 2 doesn't even have voice acting for half the actual cutscenes. <laughs> like Nino Kuni 2, for a majority of their stuff, is just like, you know how you talk to an NPC and they're like, hmm, yeah, ah, but it has like the whole line of dialogue underneath them. Yeah, yeah. That's Nino Kuni 2 in a nutshell. Tales of Assyria have full on fucking fully voiced like conversations with just randoms on the street. Like, that's how much effort and love is put into this game. And I, it just shines so well, and especially. But that's the the disappointing part of Tales of Assyria, was that I got an achievement, like I think three fourths of the way through the game, and it's like I'm looking at the achievement now, and it's like fourteen point three percent of players have this achievement, which means and it's a story achievement, meaning reach that part in the story. Yes, so only fourteen point three percent of players have only reached like three thirds of the way through the story. And that is the most upsetting part because how fucking good it is. But I am going to save the rest of that uh, review for next week while I actually have a proper review for you guys because I, I've got a lot to say about that game because it's so fucking good. So I think we should get right into the news right now, don't you think? Probably yep. should. Probably should. Because we have been talking a in. lot. Our weeks have been fucking crazy. Well, no. No, they haven't. We've done fuck all. We've just been talking a lot. Man, I feel like... No, no, I've, no, we've definitely made conversations. I was about to say, I feel like we've talked a lot without saying nothing at all, but no, we've said a lot. Um, so first story, this was something I hinted back last week, but we didn't have time to talk about. But uh, Konami has been reported of uh, making two new... or getting two new Silent Hills in the works, to which I say, fuck no. Do not. Stop that shit. <laughs> You're not um, keen? I am super not keen. Like, 
anyone outside the original team silent has proven they cannot fucking make a silent hill game now you can say um kojima did a great proof of concept for silent hill but it all like all we saw was some psychological stuff pretty interesting but how he actually would have done the silent hill game is fucking playable demo yes pt yeah so it is great for horror but at the same time like that talent is gone that's not happening so what uh konami have come out and done is so a a guy on twitter called aesthetic gamer basically who has accurately um leaked uh successful capcom leaks in the past so he does have a lot of merit to what he's saying uh basically came out and said that konami reached out to a whole bunch of developers uh pitching ideas for a silent hill games uh one of the games is thought to be a soft reboot of the franchise while the other one's meant to be a or rumored to be an episodic adventure sort of similar to telltale and until dawn so one no <laughs> all right good soft, to next <laughs> soft they've already tried a bit of a soft reboot for silent hill and that was shattered memories that's when they completely retold the first game but differently so the first game in silent hill follows um harry mason looking for his daughter cheryl in silent hill because he gets into a car crash outside and she fucking runs off like an absolute shit kid and you gotta find her and you find out that you know it's a big cult conspiracy thing and they're trying to summon a demon lord no what's uh, cthulhu no, 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 don't, mm, <laughs> don't you fucking start with that Silent Hill Requiem bullshit. You might have brought this up at one point or two or every time Silent Hill gets talked about. Yeah, we watched a bad Silent Hill movie that Kenny got very angry a about. A bad is being generous. It is an offense. I am scarred. It is an offense to, it is an offense to brain synapses. It is an offense to brain synapses. It is an offense to God. It is an offense to everyone, everywhere. It is an affront and I, to I nature. I think I've talked about You're it on the podcast before. The director's penis duck in your head. Yeah, it's direct, the, the director self-imposed himself as a character as James Sunderland from Silent Hill Two, just so he can try to be like try to be one of the most popular characters in Silent Hill franchise, and just to fuck it up. Because in the Silent Hill fan movie, he thinks James is a gun-toting, like, cigarette-smoking, fucking foul-mouth alcoholic who's got a fucking axe to grind and a fucking daughter to find. Like, it is the furthest of what James Sunderland could have... is. And this, and this fucking Silent Hill fan group says, I'm wrong. To be fair, fucking. this is the same fan group that bankrolled the movie. This so, is the same yeah. fucking fan group that bankrolled this piece of shit. Like, it is, like, oh, it is so fucking infuriating. How, oh, all right, but so they tried to they tried to soft reboot Silent Hill by instead of going Harry Mason's looking for his daughter in Silent Hill and the birthing a demon lord, they made a game called uh, Shattered Memories. I think it was which is essentially Harry Mason looking for his daughter in a town, but 
in fact, no, Harry Mason's dead and it's just his daughter um, talking to a psychiatrist. Oh. Cool, right? Okay. So, uh, Konami have made it abundantly clear that they cannot make a Silent Hill game without Team Silent because every other release of Silent Hill that's ever come out after Team Silent's departure, which was the last remaining members worked on Silent Hill 4, and that was it. They were fucking gone. So, uh, yeah. Um, they've made it obvious that they can't make a fucking Silent Hill game. Just fucking stop. Like, I would love for them to stop making Silent Hills. And that's not me going like, this they can't make Silent, like Hills. Silent Hill. This is you saying, this, please don't disgrace it further. Like, they've only made it worse. Like, just preserve the first four games. Don't do what they did with the Silent Hill HD remaster. Now, the Silent Hill HD remaster, which remasters two and three, uh, I feel bad for the company behind the remaster because they were handed a plate full of shit and told to polish it. They were handed like beta builds of the game with plenty of bugs incorporated. They have to reverse engineer so much shit. They, they didn't have fucking licensing of uh voice actors for number three couldn't get in contact so they didn't like they were just given shit and they had to deal with it yeah take this and fix it and then like seeing all like the fans like go fucking hard at uh that crew like i was one of those fans like dude you fucking ruined it why the fuck could you do that but then looking into it it's like no like they got fucked by konami on this konami did not fucking care they just kind of wanted a a fucking bankroll for this they wanted easy money so uh the team that handled the silent hill hd remaster they got fucking shafted and they they took a majority of the fucking negativity behind it and konami is like fucking wasn't us Let's go ruin Silent Hill some more. So yeah, um, they need to preserve the original Silent Hill 1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, give them like the proper ability to remaster them in quality uh, properly and then leave it at that. Like, I understand fans don't want to see a series go, especially like a favorite series like mine. One of my favorite series is Silent Hill. But even I can see, like, we need to draw a line here. Because we haven't... Let's have a look at when Silent Hill 4 was released, right? Let's have a quick look. Silent Hill 4 was released... 2004. So So it's been... It's been 16 years since we've had a good Silent Hill game. And there have been many temps in between then. None of them are good. So just let the series fucking... Just let it go. Alright? You know those pictures of like people holding like a rope and they've got rope burn on their hand and it's like sometimes it's better to just let it go. It's like that. But instead of rope, it's fucking Konami's hand holding Silent Hill franchise and then just letting it go. Because there's only so much, t- so many times you can try to recycle the plot of Silent Hill 2. 
it's never going to be Silent Hill 2. It's never going to be better than Silent Hill 2, and that is a fact. Yeah, it's going to be because if you do it, you need to go like Resident Evil 2 Remake and put some hard ass effort down there. Sit there like, for fucking years. Like, like, Silent Hill 2, in my opinion, is timeless. No matter how old it gets, it will still be as, as effective as a good horror game as when it came out. Because it's not a game per se about the horrors visually. It's about the human condition and the psychological horror behind it. And, like, that will never change. Unless the human condition changes, that will never change. So that's why I think Silent Hill 2 will be timeless. So yeah, Silent Hill 2, Konami wants to ruin my shit again. Uh, fuck you, Konami. Fuck Konami. Uh, second article. We are fucking... I'm doing my small jazz hands and dancing on the spot because we are one step closer from Fallout 76 getting on Sadia, boys, because Fallout 76 is coming to Steam in April. That's right. If it's getting off the proprietary Bethesda launcher, that means Stadia is still a fucking... It's a possibility. It's within the realm of possibility. Let me get this clear. The reason you want this is just because you want the biggest clusterfuck in one place possible. I want the amalgamation of the worst clusterfuck of a console release and the game release in recent memory, if not entirety... Because I don't even think the Ouya failed this bad compared to the Stadia. I mean, who, I want... even the Soldier Boy console. <laughs> Soldier Boy console is fucking sold. That, that motherfucker, that was a, that was a scam. <laughs> like, <laughs> when, it's not a hustle, it's a scam. scam. When, it, when an actual scam is more effective than a proper Google product. Mm. So basically, Fallout 76 is coming to Steam in April uh, with the Human NPC expansion. So it brings a new faction quest as well as like the main quest is being updated and they're bringing human NPCs. So yeah, to which they've, they've finally got around to going, okay, okay, guys, we'll actually put the game in the game now. It's, no, it's not just that. Like human NPCs is not the issue with the game. It's like, wonderful. well, it is a issue, but the issue with the game is the game doesn't work yeah that's certainly like you can you can stick whatever fucking corn chips or fucking ice cream into this toilet bowl you want it's still gonna be a toilet until you fix that toilet it's a broken toilet as well so yeah it's coming to PC uh, because obviously they need as much money as they can get to recoup the amount of fucking losses that uh, obviously they've fucking just like the game is literally worthless because they couldn't even give the game away for free and that's that's the thing like they couldn't give the game away for free so literally brings its games worth down to nothing that's why they tried the fucking the fallout first subscription to try earn money that way and when, they when fucked that up subs- too subscription model and make it obvious enough that um they started a class war in game over this. Yeah, they started class warfare with the because Fallout the thing first is, thing. If you bought the Fallout first subscription model, then people could tell there was a little logo next to your name, so people could tell. So and it's griefed them. 
those people who had Fallout first were actively being hunted by other targeted players. by yeah regulars. Not to mention, um, like the amount of hacks coming for that game. Like Alex linked me up to a video about people straight up going, "We are going to ruin your game with our hacks because we can." You guys are not doing anything against it. Yeah, you're not. You're not actually doing anything to keep this game up like you should. Hmm. So, not our problem. Exactly. So yes, I'm. I'm gonna do my dance again because this is. We're getting one step closer to Stadia, boys. We're getting one step closer to. And, it's like and- a fucking like a satanic ritual it's like once the two <laughs> combine then it's complete we have the biggest fuck up ever and I'm sure I've mentioned this before but Starbound as a minor mm. point Elder World mm. si- uh, Elder Scrolls 6 is the big one they are Bethesda's only chances left at this point no no no, no. like they Bethesda directly like it's not so much their chances because they still have IP like Tango Works and uh, id Software id, id Software so, being the big one yeah and like can you have like was it Tokyo Ghostwire like that looks really interesting oh, it'll yeah. be interesting to see how Tango Works makes that but like I, I have the feeling Bethesda just don't like they don't have the foundation to make how can I put it their games alone cannot hold the company they are relying on games from developers that they own to sort of carry the company forward until they can try and get back that uh that uh the good graces some people had of bethesda yeah but even then even then you can go yeah you're producing you know, you own the companies that are making these good games, but you're not actually doing shit yourself. Like, though it has been a good, good, for example, with Doom, both 2016 and the current one, they're obviously letting id Software off the hook, as in they're not forcing them to... Do anything that could compromise yeah, they're like, no, the image of the company. you're making this game. You make the <clears throat> game according to your design values. Well, that's what I'm assuming. I haven't. I don't know what's going on behind the scene there, but I know that id Software are basically doing what they want to do, as far as we're aware. Yeah, because Just, they've proven guys, that they can make money. This is a full game. We're selling it as a full game. That's no it. in-game store, no microtransactions. The only, the only like transactions are made is from the DLC for the actual story itself. So yeah, so let's see how that goes. Uh, next story we have is a fucking doozy it's a blizzard's fucking failed attempt at warcraft 3 reforged ah yes well i'm certain everyone's heard about warcraft 3 reforged and wish they didn't so it's like one it is officially the worst rated game on metacritic Simply, Uh, simply put i think this describes the entire situation somehow Bethesda managed to downgrade a 17-year-old game. Yeah. Back into an unfinished state. Not not just that, but as I was talking to uh, Jay and Alex last night, so people are asking for refunds for the game, and now Blizzard have straight up gone, fucking fine. If they ask for a refund, just give it to them. 
All right. Yeah, we so usually we usually base yeah we usually base our ref- point of this is how we do refunds and just gone to all right you know what just we're just autoing refunds yeah all refunds are automatic if you ask for one you get one which is creating a massive problem for people who originally owned Warcraft free on their account yes because there has been a couple of reports where people going because Warcraft three and Warcraft three reforge. Uh, merged effectively people who had the original warcraft 3 then bought reforged went this is a crock shit and refunded it because they were merged the original warcraft 3 was also removed yes so i also i i couldn't find much information but i have confirmed with a friend who owns both the original and bought reforged uh when he got reforged refunded warcraft 3 and the frozen throne were removed from his account as well so essentially they are stealing your copy of warcraft free away from you because you you officially bought that that is a separate product but since warcraft free reforged had to change the framework of warcraft free well they didn't have like to engine and in wise yeah well they they did that it now makes it apparently unplayable warcraft 3 the original unplayable and if you did own it you'd no longer own it anymore yeah see when when i was saying they downgraded a 17 year old game i'm not saying warcraft 3 reforged is worse than warcraft 3 i'm saying because of this merge original warcraft 3 owners for example they're using the new systems so there is no more ranked online matches you can't access that or clans with the old version that used to have this before this merge yeah they removed they features downgraded a 17 year old game yeah they removed features from the original warcraft 3 to coincide with warcraft 3 reforged thus making taking the like the fucking the best part or the only decent warcraft and then shitting on it because of warcraft 3 reforged now, yes, they probably had good intentions with trying to cross-play the two. How they went about it, though, was the dumbest fucking idea I've ever seen. Like, the, the fact that they straight-up downgraded the original Warcraft 3 so it can work with the, the downgraded Warcraft 3 Reforged, like, is mind-boggling in stupidity. I, I just don't fucking understand how. Not to mention, like, they now remove that from your account. It was fucking straight up. And people are going, hey, look, my copy's missing. What the fuck's going on? So, uh, giving automatic refunds, uh, especially like people like Blizzard were kind of fighting tooth and nail about, hey, look, no, you, you can't get a refund. And especially in Australia, because uh, the ACCC yeah, would like to fucking of, know your location. Yeah, there, were, there was a lot of, um, no, we're a US company, all... all purchases a final you know we don't have to do refunds and then they're like Bitch, well yes, according you do. to australian consumer law you do and they're like but we're not working in australia look we've got a previous lawsuit with steam that says it's, otherwise yes yeah, it's, it's not to set but it's like Go no ahead. You, your your store you have an australian store which was purchased with australian money yes you fucking do operate in australia and there's no old purchase of final and then like apparently he did get his refund like they started offering back automatic refunds for anyone asking because the like they had blizzard came out with a response for this and it was the most fucking like t 
like tone deaf response ever to which they are accepting no responsibility for this they keep using the term we are you know unhappy that you are not uh getting that the game does not meet your expectations it's they're basically saying you thought the game was going to be this big thing but no like your expectations must have been unrealistic because you aren't satisfied and they said this when they updated their thing again saying you know i i have the uh articles somewhere da, 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 where it's just fucking here we go blizzard stands by the quality of our products and services normally we set limits for refund availability on a game based on time since the purchase whenever it has been used however we want to give players the option of a refund if they feel that warcraft free reforged does not provide the experience they wanted so what they're saying is we made warcraft free and we think it's great we think it's hot shit but you guys obviously expected something different and that's on you this is very much it feels like pr speak they're just shifting the blame for the purpose of shifting the blame even if they even if they understand which i'm guessing they do actually understand why all this backlash is here they're just kind yeah. of brushing it to the side well like they provided a, a blanket statement of basically it's like oh you know we're gonna fix it down the line if you stick with us and that's that's when we had a discussion it's like you release a broken piece of shit the game's going to get reviewed and judged in that broken piece of shit state and that's how it's going to be yeah so some people will re-review it and go no this is cool now a lot yeah, of like people with, um, will not what is that start not star citizen um no man's, no man's sky yeah no man's sky is a legitimately good game now because they had a lot of issues and there were a lot of issues with launch but they fucking stuck to their guns and went look we get yeah, guys, stuck with it we fucked up we're going to put in the effort and fix this shit yeah and they did and that's the thing like but obviously every any single time you go onto steam it's going to have mixed reviews because those negative reviews from when it was released are still there they don't go away they don't go well no you can remove them you can change them but people haven't so thus like mixes and the amount of negative reviews on it is still going to be high until like a majority of the people go you know what nah i think i changed my mind yeah but yeah it's, so it's why it, look if you if you look at the reviews for no man's sky total reviews all reviews mixed recent reviews very positive and i do exactly. have to say steam specifically having that recent reviews tab does make a big difference does help a lot yeah it's so when it's so people go no they've done it was good at the start but now it's shit it's meant or to it's been got better or got worse recently it can you can tell that outside of just the general everything reviews it's it's meant to um basically show the recent reviews is meant to uh show the current state of the game so like if you bought a game which was great at launch but then they've done something which has just completely fucked it from this point on uh then you see like in recent reviews mostly negative and you have a look at the reviews and goes like for example um what do you call it uh the heavy gear game they released in so heavy it was weird how i found this game because i'm a big fan of heavy gear 2 and i had a dream they made heavy gear 3 and i bought it so i woke up and looked up heavy gear 3 and it turns out they did make a game 
but it's a uh, kind of like a games as a service thing where it's like on on the fucking online sort of always online sort of aspect shit yeah. and uh yeah so the game had like mixed reviews but all the recent reviews was overwhelmingly negative because they shut down the servers which That's means you can't create an account which means you can't play the game you cannot start the game unless you you make an account and since the servers are taken down you are unable to make an account thus you are unable to play the game and for some reason it's still on steam like if i fucking have a whiz bang over spend to spend money and buy it despite the fact that it's completely unplayable i mean granted because steam auto refunds in two hours most people who play it will get it heavy back. gear soul oh no 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 they've finally removed it's still on the store page it's just they removed the, the ability to buy it ah which is good but yeah fucking it's crazy that's why like like all reviews and uh obviously recent reviews is a is a pretty good game changer but yeah like blizzard and the fact that, like the fact that they were advertising these new you butte fucking cutscenes and then those cutscenes don't exist and they're like oh no we we decided to keep the old cutscenes to uh capture the spirit of the original to maintain the uh you know maintain the original spirit and all sort of shit and people are like no yeah. that's not why really are wanted. you still why are you still advertising the cutscenes on the fucking store page then like if we go to fucking walk well, i hope that's it uh all right, don't go with that but like if I go to Warcraft 3. Yeah, no, the Warcraft 3 culling campaign trailer is still up on their website. I have just checked it now. Yeah. And they're saying, no, we, we decided to keep the original fucking uh, cutscenes to maintain the spirit of whatever the fuck. Like, it's so fucking dumb. But okay. So yeah, Warcraft 3 Reforged is a absolute dumpster fire what a dumpster fire and go eat it shell so uh last two notes before we end the podcast today once again we didn't get to get to the topic but we'll hopefully get that next week mm. two games i want to point out because they definitely look very interesting mm-hmm. okay uh one is Hellpoint from the people who made a cluster truck and hello neighbor and secret neighbor have made like a uh, what can i even call it it's it's a sort of sci-fi but kind of sci-fi horror souls like kind of yeah it's it's a souls like game but more of a sci-fi like demonic aspect to it think of like doom demons but a little more grotesque a little more abstract kind of what it, it I would say Remnant was what Remnant was trying to do. Played much, of but it. the little bit I saw seemed kind of almost prey-like. Prey, as in like 2016, 2017? 20, 17, 16? I don't know. The recent 17, one, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah like, like a couple it, of monster designs seemed reminded me of that. So, like the I monster see. designs do kind of remind me of what Remnant of the Ashes was trying to do. But it, this looks a lot more like uh, Hellpoint looks a lot more better in its execution. Yeah, it looks like it got the 
um the horror hell aesthetic correct and it is a melee focused by the looks of it um souls like game which i am all fucking i am all for that it does look pretty good so check it out on steam it is set to announce april 20th april 16th on steam so not long now uh there isn't a price on the australian store so i have to double check that elsewhere but uh yeah definitely looks promising whether or not it this execution is great is a completely different story but i'm a hold out hope for it because this looks like that kind of aspect horror like souls game that i've been after as well as another game which i was just talking to Jaden about the other day is that i don't really see much good hp lovecraft games being made yeah. these days um and like we were talking about because we got onto the topic of bloodborne which i personally reckon is the best souls like game that's come out hmm. um but anyway well, I, that's that's just I, my opinion. so but like from, from my, my opinion on that is like i like the aesthetic of bloodborne but i like the gameplay of dark souls one better but go on. Um, but our point there was more that we haven't seen a really good, good HP Lovecraft style game. game since Bloodborne. Yes. So uh, there's been like other games like um, what was that? The fucking this the sunken city game yeah, which sunken sea i think was the first one yeah yeah it, it's a hp lovecraft like kind of game and then there's a game that i played recently called um moons of madness which claims to be hp lovecraftian but they they must think that hp lovecraftian is oh anything with tentacles because that's all that game is just tentacles mm-hmm. so that's like sort of disappointing but there's a game called Dead Static Drive. Ist is very interesting, to say the least, because it is a isometric game that plays like a Grand Theft Auto in the style of a survival game against what seems to be HP Lovecraft monsters. Now, this is on Steam. It says... Uh, hasn't got a date yet but it says planned release of 2020 uh definitely it's they call it a horror survival adventure uh you're on the road the world begins to fall apart in front of you your friendship will make every bit of your yeah friendship will make every bit of the difference as order collapses that people meet and fight for their own survival sneak scavenge fight befriend barricade and bunker and steal cars and drive off to the sunset there's no escape only what you choose to do with that little time is left See, I, I came out saying I'm not really big on the whole survival aspect thing, but this game looks really fucking cool and interesting that I'll give it a shot. It, it's, it's cool and interesting in the same aspect I would say Project Zomboid is a cool, interesting survival style game, which is... Uh, I have to get you guys playing that because it is... Well, you don't have to own it. You can just use the Let's Play Together thing. Mm. But yeah... Um, yeah dead static drive on steam definitely looks interesting as i said we'll have to wait and see uh how it comes out 
and what kind of game it, how it really plays when it came out. The first thing I see in Dead Static Drive, Grand Theft Cthulhu. Well, so, I think that pretty much covers what it's trying to be. Mm, and fucking honestly, great. if they pull it off, it yep. sounds interesting. Yeah, that's the thing. If they pull it off, then... So is it just Bloodborne Cart? Kind of. But, uh, like, if you have a look at the thing, it, it is very... And this is, by the looks of it, the only game that they've made. So to come out of the gates swinging like this... If it executes pretty, pretty well, yeah, off. it would be really impressive. Like visually, it has those sort of um, that matty, uh, color esque kind of a uh, art to it. Um, fucking, what can I compare it to? Kind of reminds me of Journey. I think if I'm thinking of the kind of the style of like color palettes and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, go check that out. Dead Static Drive on Steam. And uh, that, I think, is about it for our podcast. What is going up on our channel, guys? Well, the same as it has been, other than we've still got Valkyria Chronicles, Pokemon, Devil May Cry you guys are still doing. Yes, we have to record that Um, soon. Code Vein, Death Stranding. I think that pretty much covers all of it, except for, like we talked about earlier, we've got two more GSSB a little one shots trying games we've got two more of them up or if they're yeah, not up they up. will be up in the next few days yeah I'm gonna go edit them and all that jazz plus there's some other games I wanna might wanna do a GSSB plus Alex wants to do a uh, GSSB of uh, Battlestar Fleet Armada ba- Battlefleet Gothic Armada Battlefleet Gothic not, Armada not Battlestar <laughs> well uh, I don't know yeah so that and it sounds like just for our interest we'll probably end up doing some more gssbs more frequently just getting yeah. different games out there especially like cool. so many games are coming out like this year early this year that have potential which is you know much better than last year i think last year was kind of like a drought after um I'd say May, after May, there was sort of like a drought of games until the end of the year, and that was it. And in the end of the year, only one big game that was promised came out, and that was Death Stranding. Everything else got delayed to this year. So, yeah. All right, but if you want to check out that stuff, that's on our YouTube channel, Plays. That's A-U-S-P-L-A-Y-S. Definitely go and check us out and give us a fucking subscribe, like comment on our shit. We always sort of reply back. And yeah, so that will be it for our podcast of this week. And let's go and do some more recording now. We'll catch you guys on next week. We will catch you next time. Catches. Fuckers.